No, we need to start the episode with a retraction from last week. Oh, where Mike said, (laughs) with the full force of the knowledge of truth, Will Smith is a Scientologist. Uh, He is not an outright proven Scientologist. Yes, he has actually vehemently denied being a Scientologist. So. Uh, and if we're, if we, so you my... were never as sure of anything as you were certain that well, Will Smith yes, was a Scientologist. Yes, just, just so you understand the scope of what it was like for me or what the arc was like, <laughs> while we're recording the podcast live, Mike says, it is a known <laughs> fact that Will Smith is a Scientologist. And then subsequent to this, a little bit later, Mike texts me, do you think we should have a fact checker for our podcast? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, but what I said is somewhat untrue, but conspiracy, maybe not so untrue, depending Cons- on how you feel. Conspiracy. <laughs> it's a word now. I know exactly what it means. Conspiracy. Nick understands it. He gets it. But he did build a school, a Scientology school that also has other religions, but primarily it's for Scientology. Like the staff has Scientologists in it. Okay. What what backs up this? What? what oh, the, I, I, I was in the... Wait, in let the, me look on your phone there. See, what? now that's your problem right there. That's that's the stupid newsletter. <laughs> it's the stupid newsletter. Why do you still newsletter. subscribe? to the stupid newsletter it's that fucking guy in the balloon again i ever since you broke in here mike you have been going off the deep end faster and faster yeah, yeah it's too bad you weren't here for that steve i'm wait, glad wait, wait. i wasn't i would have yeah. given that i bet he looks fat and ugly too. he was I quite given him, a character i would have given him a big old swinging punch in the face <laughs> I guess he responds within minutes to all my questions and you know i'm pretty sure he's the only one asking yeah, the questions yeah. I was like, hey, we're doing a Will Smith single. You got any good, uh, you know, dirt on him? And then. And Steve, like... I know you weren't there for that, but how do you think he would have replied? <laughs> Will Smith, he's definitely a Scientologist. Definitely a Scientologist. Did you know that? Here, look, I'm going to send you several links that I wrote for articles, for publications that I created. Dead on. Dead on. Wow, it's almost like Steve knows this guy. <laughs> now, excuse well. me. I have to get into my air, hot air balloon and fly away. <laughs> The children of America need me. Just like they needed Saturday morning cartoons. What? <laughs> Speaking of Saturday morning cartoons, welcome to the Song Topsy Report, everybody. Uh, uh, I'm your host, Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. I'm Steve Trollinger, and I hate when Nick does that. <laughs> when Nick finds seamless segues into talking about the show <laughs> subject. God, it's... Oh my god, I hate it. You can't hate it that much. This was a subject that you very vehemently said we should do. I... First of all, look, I think if anyone's been listening to this podcast long enough, they would have devised a way to determine who's picking the songs per week. If it's some sort of dumb if it's some sort of dumb smokescreen for someone of the three to just talk about stupid nerdy shit that they want to talk about within the context of it being a song, Steve probably wanted to do it. If it is some sort of truly abysmal, god awful Worst of the worst, dirt, rap, sheet, shit. It's probably something Nick found. That's my wheelhouse. Facts. If it's none of the above, <laughs> Mike didn't pick it because Mike doesn't actively pick songs for no, this. No, I'm sorry. If it's the most watched episode we have, Mike probably picked it. <laughs> but no, Steve, I am like I am likewise excited for this episode because this is uh, anything that's 
has potent nostalgia attached to it. I'm a fan of. And what we're going to be talking about today is we're just going to go through uh, three or four opening themes to shows that were probably on on Saturday morning that you may have watched in your youth. Uh, I was familiar with some of these, not all of them. But uh, but the first one that we're talking about today, I was very, very familiar with as a kid. Is that people, people listening probably tell at this point, I was the one that picked the Power Rangers episode. <laughs> what? what? I know, right? Um, the only episode you were happy during. I know, right? <laughs> Rasputin, right? So, <laughs> Another song. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I like the Rasputin <laughs> one. Um, so this is, um, there's a, a lot of shit that kids could like. They're, like kids, kids are at both at the same time worldly, more worldly than we give them credit for, and yet more capable of just loving stupid, awful things. And with Power Rangers, they like they hit that sweet spot of of all of those various trifecta. But much like lightning, it's just you can't have that magic in the bottle twice. No matter how many times a rich Israeli businessman tries to steal ideas from the Japanese, <laughs> as as we've discovered with uh, the same, so Power Rangers had a wild was a wild massive success. So Aim Saban, who we mentioned in the last podcast, mm -hmm. thought, I guess I'll just keep this money train rolling, <laughs> and the next his next venture. Uh, was shall we say a little bit of a mixed bag? It just hurt. It, it hurts me to hear you say this because Beetleborgs. It's weird. Power Rangers. I'm a little younger than both of you, gentlemen. Power Rangers was just a little bit. I was very into Power Rangers, but Power Rangers was kind of receding right when Beetleborg. Like Beetleborg struck me right at the sweet spot. I was like six or seven when Beetleborgs came out. Right when you were the dumbest human being you possibly <laughs> yes. could be. <laughs> Yes, everyone knows the scale. You start off relatively smart, and then you regress from like six ages six to eight, and then it goes back. You know you're learn you're young enough to know that you're still learning, and then you reach that sweet spot where you're pretty sure you've learned everything you need to know at eight this. or nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watching Beetleborgs, the only thought I had in my head was I have learned everything I need to know now. <laughs> but the theme song to uh, Big Bad Beetleborgs was memorable. I would argue in all the best ways. There's this so the best ways. A, a lot, a lot of these shows. A lot of these shows. The main through line, especially with today, a lot of these shows that you're going to see is that they all pretty much ex all these songs expend all of their effort to describe the plot of the show that you are already watching. <laughs> I really don't think that there's like a guy that just happens on an episode of big bad Beetleborgs and thinks to themselves, who are these big bad Beetleborgs? What are their origins? Do they possess powers and abilities? What are if these Beetleborgs? Do they know things? Let's find <laughs> out. <laughs> there must be some way yes. There must be some way to cram all this into my ear hole as fast as humanly possible. Yeah, and they don't even, there's like no rhyme scheme whatsoever it's like they, they're like building up where they might do a nice little rhyme kind of like tie it all together in this song and then they just fucking say no, this is this is like some of the other ones we'll discuss at least tried to make it a song this is stream of consciousness jack kerouac high on lsd hey. vomiting words onto a piece of paper and putting it to some sort of weird synth track yeah. So this is the opening theme. Actually, this is the extended theme to Big Bad Beetle. Someone wrote an act. Yes, this is. There's the thirty seconds you heard. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, so here's a little bit of Big Bad Beetleborgs. Big Bad Beetleborgs. Big 
they've already established quite a bit in just one verse. Three typical average kids inside a haunted mansion. That requires no explanation right up front. No, no. It, it's, it's like they... It's not like. What they did was... <laughs> this isn't a simile. This is what happened. What happened was they thought, ah, kids are dumb. They need this... They, need, they just need plain spoken. They need to know what's up. Three typical average kids. They love their comic strips. They're just like you, kids. You like comic strips. You'll buy the tie-in merchandise. Yeah. The Japanese, like again, this is this is pulled from Japanese footage. The ja- what we didn't get into the Power Rangers episode, which I would have loved to, was how insane the actual plot of the Japanese Power Rangers season was. Oh, but they're used to that. Yeah. Uh, so the they they take the footage and then they craft a, a new narrative around it. Power Rangers they crafted a somewhat sensible narrative around it. This one, it just seemed like they just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> oh, oh, it, it's almost... Dude, this entire show makes no sense. I watched a few episodes last night. and Until one in the morning. They, they took, like, Halloween monsters, okay? Threw them into Yes, your a, classic universal monsters, essentially. Mansion. Knockoffs. They, they have a ghost that's nice for some reason that acts like a genie who's an Elvis impersonator clown. That's like they, running shit. They, okay. they, break, they break on a private property and free a ghost that is also a genie, that is also Elvis, that is also Jay Leno. Yes, he is. He looks just like Jay Leno, yeah. Also, the actor who played that character wrote this song. I hate him. <laughs> I, 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 Billy Forrester, he wrote the lyrics to this Billy song. Billy Forrester really rubs me the wrong way. You know what? I'm watching this, and it just makes me a little uncomfortable. I don't know how I feel about him. I don't know. So yeah, this this was this one was adapted from uh from a tokusatsu uh uh, uh called a Metal Hero specifically it's a Juko B fighter and the B stands for Beatles uh because I guess the Japanese producers they were having a late night brainstorming session and they were just like we need one more thing kids love in order to exploit for financial gain we did dinosaurs we did robots uh what do you think Takahiro? Huh? Oh, um, fucking bugs. Uh, okay, okay, perfect. Let's do bugs. You know, I won't, I won't lie though. You know, when when you're a kid, you start learning things. Beetles, beetles are probably some of the first insects you see. Like when I'm clean, when I was cleaning out my pool, like as a kid, you know, it's like beetles, man. They're all over the place. So you think whatever the first thing you see as a kid is a good like stand-in for what your hero should be based around? So if I saw like a dead mouse in my pool when I was cleaning it up, if the beetle were just dead mice borgs, would that have been just as applicable? They, they you Big can't kill what's already dead. Dead, dead mice borgs. <laughs> Three typical average kids. <laughs> oh no, okay, I'm not gonna. Fell into a swimming pool. <laughs> then they drowned, and we were reborn into dead mice borgs. Dead mice borgs. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you could finish that. I'm kind of bad. That's got a weird Buddhist tinge to it, too. <laughs> Big bad Buddha Borgs. Three typical average kids decided they knew everything. <laughs> then they reached Busada. Bodhisattva. I can't pronounce I can't do it. Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva. Then they reached Bodhisattva status. Now they're Buddha Borgs. <laughs> show why do you need a show after that everything you everything you need to know about what's gonna what you're about to watch has just been told to you well 
there's something about a children's show where you can so like it's so blatantly laid out what they cobbled together because when when I was rewatching Beetleborgs it's Power Rangers and it's Goosebumps you take the two most popular kids shows at the time and you mesh them together okay they live in a haunted house they're spooky monsters because kids like the spooky monsters but they also like people in like suits fighting why Th- th- there's there's so many things stacked on top of each other in the show. You're right. It literally could have just been kids in the haunted house with a genie granting wishes. That could have been the whole show. They could have skipped the whole Borgs part. Yeah, but then Haim Saban would have spent $30 on all that footage for nothing. Oh, my God. No, no even, even even if they wanted to keep the whole Beetleborg-ish you know, stuff, they just need a genie to and then be like, all right, I'm going to grant your wish, and then, like, okay, you're Beetleborgs. Like, that could have happened. I have a theory uh, about the genie, by the oh, way. Oh, he's... Oh, tell me you think he's the villain, because he's definitely the villain. <laughs> he's 100%. <laughs> I wrote my college thesis on whether Flabber was the villain that, of Beetleborgs. That was the unwritten third season uh, that they didn't get produced. You don't even need the third season. He did the first episode. He, he leaves the portal open, and then all the villains come in and do an airstrike on the town, and I'm surprised no one's, like, freaking out about They blow up all these buildings. It's like Angel Grove in Power Rangers. It gets ransacked every day. Nobody seems to notice. (laughs) But no, my theory is um, that they want to capitalize on Robin Williams with this character. Here's the thing, because the guy acts like a low-rent, like, birthday party rental version of Robin Williams anyway. B, uh... This show was out. blue, too. He yes. Also blue. Yes. And the show was uh, 96 to 98, I believe. And in around that same time, Robin Williams was in the movie Flubber, which was a hit with kids. So they named the character Flabber and make him act just like Robin Williams so that the kids will latch on to that. So what, what you're saying here, come, bringing all of what we've been talking about for the past several minutes together, yes. what you're saying here is that this show and its theme song both had an insane amount of thought put into it and simultaneously absolutely no thought put into it. Where's the insane amount of thought you thought was put into this? Everything you just said required thought. Everything you just said required someone in a room to be thinking, okay, we need to capitalize on this, this, and this. So we'll put this, this, and this together. We'll pull from this, we'll pull from this, we'll pull from this, and now we're done. Okay, write the song. Uh... Three typical average kids find a bunch of monsters. Now they're Beetleborgs. I never said they were aware of any of this. I think I'm just tapping into their subconscious. They did try to fit literally everything from like Frankenstein, werewolves, comic books. Uh, His name is Frankenbeans. Oh, Frankenbeans. Frankenbeans and and Wolfgang and... Oh God! What, what was the, what was the vampire? I don't know. Some <laughs> Doctor Bloodula, something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Doctor Acula. They they've also got yo. <laughs> I love how the bullies, the bullies Beautiful in the shows are not your typical bullies. Like these are not your yeah, stereotypical. They're, they're kind of like nerdy. They're, they're, they are like the. They're masters. gonna be like Wall Street bros, like in the future. They but. literally call each other bros. Love they it. Caused the financial crisis. Is what yes. they did. And and they're <laughs> big all- bad financial crisis. Big short. Oh, never mind. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Big bad short. Continue. No, it's just um, like when you first meet these guys, they like are bragging about how they're like heads of the chess team and they're assholes about it. Yeah. Like this complete. Yeah, this is not relatable to kids at all. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I remember when I was in high school and I got picked on by the debate team, and I didn't. I couldn't say anything back because they had counter arguments prepared. 
I said, please, stop picking on me. These are the only shoes I own. I can't afford any more shoes. Well, you know, technically, uh, in 1965, the uh, American Shoe Act of 1965 put in place that all children in America, and I couldn't do anything about it because I did. I went back and I researched it. They were completely right. Guys, I, I, did, I didn't want to say this because it, it, it's very vulnerable to me, um, but I was, uh, I was beat up by the Glee Club in my high school. <laughs> Did they, they sound beautiful? They, <laughs> they did. They did. It was the Glee Club, and they teamed up with the Dungeons and Dragons Club, and they just all beat the shit out of me. They were just such bullies. Oh man, I remember that time the the head of the of my school's uh, otaku chapter ran me down in his car. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it was. Man, I was in the hospital for like six months. Where were the Beetleborgs? Where, Where were, were the, the Beetleborgs, Beetleborgs then? <laughs> I I was laying in my hospital bed thinking, if only. I could find a ghost genie to turn me into a big bad Beetleborg. Okay, they end every verse with and now they're Beetleborgs. Yeah. Like, no, you <laughs> I think that's what I love about this the most. I love how I, I really want there to be an insane amount of thought put into the making of this song. I want it to be an exercise in some sort of some sort of hypnotic subliminal messaging to ch just what if we what if we drive home the the title <laughs> of the show at the end of every verse? It what if we somehow slip our show into the subconscious of every single child who watches it. There's like a single frame in each one yeah. that just like shows like, watch Beetleborgs. Watch Beetleborgs. <laughs> it's They Live. It's They Live, but with children. Because <laughs> your mind's racing. Your mind, you know, when you're listening to songs and your mind's trying to like put together the puzzle of where could this song be going and you listen to it line by line by line and then the fourth line, you're like, oh, I wonder what... Is good, and then and now they're Beetleborgs every time. Every but time. they could literally like, say anything, and then the last line be, and now they're Beetleborgs. North and South Korea have a demilitarized zone, and now they're Beetleborgs. Beetleborgs. <laughs> All right, let's let, let's uh, let's hear a little more. Key change. Oh, that's when you know it's getting serious. Everything you're hearing right now is part of the extended version. So actually, all this great yeah. material you missed if you were watching just go, the TV show. Actually, go back to the very beginning. Like, play the first couple of minutes. All right. a yeah, we skipped a few making. seconds of the beginning, so hang on. Okay, so that's Billy Forrester, and that is the who plays the, the genie ghost named Flabber. And that is him not... Stopping trying to make catchphrases out of his fucking dumbass name. <laughs> and the fact that it's written by him just smacks of self-aggrandizement. He is just <laughs> writing the psalm thinking about, how am I going to get myself over with the kids? I bet on the playground tomorrow, all the kids will be using Flabtastic as their new hot thing. Right? Right? This is important to me. <laughs> My life depends on children taking a thing I said and making it popular. <laughs> Yeah, he is trying so hard. I'm right. not going to waste my shot. <laughs> By the way, it just occurred to me that his character should have just been named Genie Leno. Genie Leno. <laughs> See, subliminal messaging right there. Three kids. Three kids. Now it's it's got a met it's got a, a TikTok 
uh, like a, a hypnotic pendulum, pendulum swinging exactly, in front of you. Exactly. Three kids. Beetleborgs. Three kids. Beetleborgs. Three kids. Beetleborgs. Comic books. Comic three books. kids. Beetleborgs. H- honey, honey, what are you? What are you? Flabberific. What, what are you doing in the family room, honey? What's going on in there? Three kids. Beetleborgs. Three kids. Beetleborgs. Three kids. Beetleborgs. Uh-huh. Totally flabular. You, all right, you keep it doing you crazy kids doing. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Beetleborgs. Bye, Beetleborgs. Bye. That's the first rhyme. That's the first rhyme in the whole song. And that was that in the original theme? No. 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 No, no, no. 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 The no. only the only part from the 30 seconds or so they used for the TV intro was three typical three average. typical average kids inside a haunted mansion. Then they freed a ghost on time and now they're Beetleborgs. And <laughs> But that was a little bit of Beetleborgs unless you guys have any other final thoughts on that. No, I think I think the the listening audience has uh I think we've poisoned their minds enough with that. They will be definitely walking around with that yes. in their head. But a lot of the, the next several days. A lot of the episodes are available on YouTube. So if you 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 have to witness They're the all insanity. on Netflix too. Oh real? Oh god, I could be watching them in higher quality. Uh the next song we wanted to talk about was actually something I never saw as a kid. I saw so um Toxic Crusaders was a another uh, cartoon that ran only for like I think 13 episodes. It had a very short run in around 1991. Now, Toxic Crusaders is based on the trauma film The Toxic Avenger, which I did see, and after How? watching that movie, <laughs> if you want to pick the one movie that is the most ill-suited to become a children's TV show, how high do you have to be to think, you know what would make a great kids TV show? A fucking trauma movie. That's I think the kids could really relate to the story of a mentally handicapped janitor who becomes horribly deformed. It'll have a great environmental message, too. Mike, have you seen The Toxic Avenger? I have not. Could you fill me in uh, real quick? What's the... I uh... mean, that's... so. I just told you the plot of The Toxic Avenger. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trauma film. Now, trauma is known for being, like, zero-budget, trashy, like, schlockiest movies ever. I actually auditioned for a trauma film. I, I met uh, Lloyd Kaufman. You right? did? I met Lloyd Kaufman once at, at New York Comic Con. It was it was cool. quite a cool moment for me. Now, The Toxic Avenger is the most well-known trauma film. It just it, it came out in the 80s. I guess it was just this sweet spot of what the cultural zeitgeist was at the time. Now, yeah, The Toxic Avenger. Mike, just, just to give you an example, the, the when I heard that they did a cartoon version of this, the one part in the movie that I wondered if they were going to include in the children's show was the part where the villainous girl masturbates to a photo of a dead kid whose head they ran over with their car. That was the part I'm like, I wonder if they're going to put that. And now they're Beetleborgs. Beetleborgs! (laughs) Yeah, the movie is... One typical average girl masturbating to a dead thing. That happened? And now she's oh, yeah. Beetleborgs. Well, no, so, so yeah, they show the part earlier in the movie. They, they really want to establish this group of villainous people, and they run over this kid in a tricycle with their car, and they show it, and then the kid is still alive, and they back up over him and crush his skull. They show that in this trauma movie. And she leans out the window and snaps a pick for later? Is that... I? Th- yeah, because later on, she's masturbating with a photo of it. So... Of course, some studio execs saw that, like, you know what? The kids seem to love that. Why don't we make a cartoon show all about this character? <laughs> you know, people joke about making food out of roadkill, but who would have thought you'd make porn out of it? <laughs> if it exists. I'm going to let what you just said stay where it is, and we'll move on. <laughs> but she did, literally, right? <laughs> I said let it stay where it is. 
I was going to say let it lie there, but I don't. Let it lie dead in the road where it is. You let it lie cold and dead in the road where it belongs. If you want to talk about it, you take a snapshot and you save it for your own time. We're on song topsy time now. We're on song topsy time. All right. So, uh, they made a children's cartoon show out of this character in this movie, which they cleaned up significantly, obviously. But really, uh, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't hold true to the purity of the of the source, which material. I was sorely disappointed by. <laughs> Did it just show a photo of the dead kid, like hanging up nicely in the living room? You know, just like. <laughs> All right. Here's a little bit of the opening theme to Toxic Crusaders. Toxic Crusaders. Toxic Crusaders. We just start with that. So actually. no girl would hug me until I got radioactive ugly. There's a great moral for kids. It's not about what's outside, kids. It's about what's inside. And what's inside is probably some sort of horrible black mush at this point because of radiation poisoning. So yeah, mentally handicapped janitor falls into a bunch of toxic waste, becomes super deformed and super strong. Also, his mop has powers, I think. Oh, yeah. So I did some research on the show because, uh, like I said, I, I did not watch as a kid. And I found I, I this one little bit of information about Toxic Crusaders fascinated me because he has a mop. That's like his weapon. And apparently, quote, another change from the films was that the toxic waste also mutated his mop into a sentient being that would sometimes battle enemies by itself or motion to Toxie ideas on how to solve problems. That That's sort of from the school of... Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, where uh, Shredder gets radioactive goop poured onto him, and all of a sudden his armor is now mutated. Because that's how radiation works. Yeah. Radioactive waste is the ultimate plot device, because it can literally just do whatever you need it to do. Yeah, Stan Lee. (laughs) (laughs) So the Toxic Avenger became radioactive ugly, and now girls will hug him, apparently. I really love the catchy, like, background. Toxic Crusaders. That's the thing. All of these have to be catchy, because they they know the, the fate of the show hinges on the catchy theme. But much like Beetleborgs, we're already just getting a summary of the plot. But unlike Beetleborgs, at least they are not 100% literal about yeah, it. Yeah, it's not literally just, this is the plot point. This is, They're and trying sounds, to somewhat be artistic. And it sounds good. They have some yeah, harmonies they're trying to actually going make it on. A song. They got some like, decent music in the yeah. background. Like, like. He lives in a dump because the rent's real low, which I mean, any New Yorker not, can sympathize yeah, with. That's not entirely uh, a falsehood there. <laughs> no, so I was going to make it. that dude with his mop. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His sentient mop. Yeah. That's the saddest part of the show to me, is that mop is alive. I think it's endearing. That mop Mops is alive. are underrepresented. That mop is alive. Media. It is the only living mop in existence. It's, it's, it's life is lonely and peppered with... On we. I want to see a show just about the mop. I want to know what the mop is like, knowing it's the only one of its kind. Again, I harped on this the last episode I did, but I, I, I just, it, it works for a lot of different scenes. Just the 1970s Hulk TV show Lonely Man theme, just a mop, just hopping along hopping into the an, horizon, a, a deserted highway with like a bag somehow stapled to it. Da 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 da. 
<laughs> Cars are driving by, splashing it with water. But it's oh, fine because it's a mop. The mop just mops it up. <laughs> yeah. He just sticks his head down and just like cleans it. that line me me and the boys fight against wrong even though we're hideously deformed <laughs> also what the song lyric is mentioning is what's going on in the video which is the toxic crusader hero of the people just took four guys he knows and tossed them into a vat of toxic waste horribly mutating them and ruining their lives and and I think in the next line, he, there's actually a bit about how he's like, I'm not alone anymore now that I've horribly mutated all my friends. You're just we'll, like me. We'll be freaks together. Misery loves company, guys. Misery loves company. Just remember, kids, if you think that you're alone in the world because of a physical deformity or a, a mental handicap, just remember... You won't be alone anymore if you cause that same fate to befall all of the people you know. You're going to make a burn victim like an arsonist now. Like no, I'm so shocked in like 1992, there wasn't a terrible tragic news story about this like 10-year-old kid who watched the show and dumped his friends into some nuclear waste nearby. Well, I think Let's fight crimes, they guys! They didn't become my super friends! I think in order for that to happen, goop. people would have had to have watched the show. But I feel like you couldn't get away with this now because like kids are so stupid and parents are so like parents stupid. Yes. <laughs> parents are so Kids equally are so stupid. stupid and their parents so equally stupid. I can't stress enough how stupid the parents also are. Hey, I'm sitting on top of the world. With my mom to do and That's pretty good too. I'm sitting on top of the world with my mop, tutu and girl. Because in the movie, uh this poor bullied character is tricked into wearing a tutu when he falls into the toxic waste. So so the toxic Avenger is this, in the movie, it's great, he's this giant mutated monster with a tutu and a mop. Mike, you gotta watch this movie. I feel like it's right up your alley. I love it. I gotta see it. I gotta see it. So, and Girl is just the, was she the chick that had the headband on? She's just chilling out? Well, here's the thing. In the movie, uh, he falls in love with a blind girl who falls in love with him. And like, it's kind of poignant. Poignant. It was kind of sweet the way they did it in the movie from what I remember, although maybe I have a very different memory of it. But This is the same movie with that horrible thing we talked about earlier. Oh, yeah, and the Toxic Avenger and the Blind Woman have sex. <laughs> Mike, you have got to see this Does movie. Does he look like a giant orc or something? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, he's like nine feet tall. But the thing I love, Lloyd loved, Kaufman though, is the master of the whiplash. <laughs> master of thematic whiplash. And unlike most movies, once the sequels start happening... It doesn't get worse. It was already kind of... Yeah, there's like, like the, six Toxic Avenger movies. All of the sequels are the same level of terrible that the original one is, so it's not... It, unlike most movies, it doesn't decrease. No. So if you were a fan of the first, you're not gonna... You're gonna still be a fan of all the it's others? A very, it's in a very unique position. Yeah, you can never criticize a trauma movie for, like, lacking quality. They all lack quality. Like, <laughs> that's the, what makes them great. The trauma, the trauma production company... Uh, symbol should just be a big middle finger. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this movie's horrible. Yeah, you're fucking right it is. Big middle finger to you, buddy. Steve, I love that you're just put you're putting that middle finger real fucking close. Yes. Over Go here. fuck yourself, person who hates this movie. I wrote it so you would hate it. <laughs> uh but that's about it for Toxic Crusaders. I I 
in my research for the for trying to figure out which ones we would cover today, I I bring this up uh, just just in terms of other other why did they translate how did they translate that into a kids TV show? In my research, we don't have this pulled up because I wasn't going to do this. Did you guys know that they made a Rambo cartoon? What? what? There's a Rambo cartoon where he. They basically turn it into G.I. Joe. Like, he's got, like, a team of action friends that all Three have... typical action yeah. <laughs> friends hired as mercenaries. But they've all got, they've all got like, mercenary names, like, like Whiplash and Slipknot and stuff like that. <laughs> Slipknot. I don't like that. They're not, like, they're not exactly like that. But, like, he's, like, fighting in Vietnam. And, like, the bad guy is a general. All of the bad guys for a lot of these shows are, like, General Sludge or... Doctor Bad. <laughs> really, parents the really weren't setting them up yeah. for success. What kind of a job is a guy named Doctor Bad going to really be able to get? <laughs> really, really I'm Doctor Bad, cardiologist. It's nice but to what's meet great, you. I think you do well in today's era, what, at least for these next few what's, years. Man. Doctor, what's great in, in the Rambo cartoon? The general, the general character is dressed like a state trooper from the first Rambo movie. So it's also got this weird visual element of like, oh, they're totally using that first Rambo movie where. It doesn't take place in Vietnam. He just goes ape shit on a bunch of corrupt state troopers in the Northwest. But yeah, I, I just brought that up. Just When I was doing research for this, I was like, they made a Rambo cartoon? Uh, like they, they should just do like at the end of every episode, like a G.I. Joe thing where it's like, hey, oh, it's me, Rambo. <laughs> Uh, you know, you kids shouldn't do drugs or anything. <laughs> yes, it is at the end of every '80s cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As he's like, he's he's like stabbing a Viet Cong guy to yeah. death. He's like, kids, remember, violence isn't the answer. This is your old friend Rambo. <laughs> this, this is your old I'm making friend. stabbing motions with my arm while I'm saying this. <laughs> God, you could like he's planning he's planning an eye an improvised explosive device in a, like a rice paddy field. It's like, kids, remember. Is your old pal Rambo again? Remember, you know, stay in school. Wait a second. Shh. <laughs> Limbs are flying everywhere. Yeah, that's how we get it. That's why I do what I do. <laughs> well, no, the next song was horribly disheartening to me because we're going to be talking about a Sonic cartoon, but probably not the Sonic cartoon that you are aware of. Because I was aware of the. Of, I watched two two different Sonic cartoons as a kid. I watched. The awful one, which was The Adventures of Sonic. Stop it! That's the one with the chili dogs? Yes, that's the one Listen, with the- Listen, that was a great freaking show, man. Well, no, it was just aimed at such a low common denominator. There, 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 there was no, like, joy in it. It was just like, hey, wacky things are going to happen. But there was another, there was Sonic the Hedgehog, which was the gritty, like, dark, where, like, Robotnik has, like, destroyed Mobius, and, like, Sonic and his friends are, like, a team of, like, freedom fighters trying to stop him. But there was there was yet another one. There was uh, and this this I was unfamiliar with. So I was aware of bad Sonic, good Sonic. Nick, did you think that the one you just mentioned was the most extreme version of Sonic one could possibly con- con- conceive of? Well, obviously not, because what we're talking about next, a uh, Sonic Underground. Triplets born, the throne awaits. A seer warns of a deadly fate. Give up your children, separate. Bide your time, lion. Okay, that that was. I've like, never seen Mike so speechless and blown away by anything ever. Keep in mind, my cartoon Sonic was Chili Dogs and Tails and yeah, Sonic wacky. running around and fighting the chicken. Okay, this is like showing this. Like, oh, there was a scratching grounder. Yes. 
Sorry, go ahead. So this this was this was the one I was worried would take up the most of this episode. The tragic yet stirringly heroic, yet hauntingly epic nature of the song that is belied only by the fact that it's about Sonic the fudging the fudging hedgehog. The fudging hedgehog. The fudging the fudging hedgehog. Thank you for editing yourself. This is a family friendly podcast. For all the kids out there listening. So yeah, so in in the in this version. Robotnik is a, or, or Dr. Eggman, as he later became rebranded, is a usurper to the throne of this, of Sonic's mother. And Sonic also has two other siblings, and she has to hide them. Is Knuckles one? No, Knuckles. No, Knuckles, they're completely he's a, he's new Hedgehog characters. I, oh, okay. Wait, Sonic Underground. Sonic Underground. No. The best refrain to a chorus ever. They made a vow, their mother will be found. So yeah, essentially, Sonic the Hedgehog and his two siblings were born unto a royal house and a, like, weird green anteater wizard foretold that something bad would happen, but he didn't really tell them what. And because of that, the... It's like Nate Silver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because of that, they needed to be separated from their mother and hidden away for such a time. And then in the intervening years, they grew to have, like, musical instruments that are oh, also yeah. laser guns? Yeah, because they whipped out, like, the, a drum kit, a guitar, and a keytar appeared in each of the siblings' hands, and they were, like, shooting lasers. So they play instruments that shoot lasers and are making vows about their mother. They've got to find their mother. they got to find Ma. Now, the song does not state in any way why Sonic's mother had to abandon her family. A green anteater who claims he's a wizard tells you you should probably forcibly orphan your children. Don't worry. You'll get them back later. You have to wait for my signal. Not yet. Wait a little bit. No, don't reveal you're still alive to your three kids. Wait for my signal. Just a little more. Learn what's right Leaders of the freedom fight They seek their mother She knows they do Is it time if she only knew Will the prophecy come true How do you, how do you aim? Look with, look, with the guitar laser blaster And with the guitar laser blaster there's, there's a way for you to aim it How does the drum set laser blaster Aim in any way? Is he right in front Everyone of me? knows drummers can't aim <laughs> I mean, uh, what? Oh no, he's got. But one thing they do, goddammit. Oh no, that drum set fires deadly lasers. I'll just step slightly to the left or right. Maybe it's wherever the drumstick's pointing, you know? If he's like hitting the snare, it's going off the snare. But drum. the snare is circular. It's going to the. No, but like, well, you're forward off. The, you're not going to shoot backwards at yourself, you know? Well, how do you know if you can? How, do, how are you aiming? Wherever, wherever the, the drumstick is facing. Have you ever seen the point of a drumstick? It looks like a giant arrow, man. It's it like, does, but like if they're doing marching band style, it's like. Dun, 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 dun. Would he just shoot his hands off? Oh, yeah, he would blow his hands right off. Okay. Absolutely. You've studied yeah. the logistics of drum laser shooting. Uh, just in the last 15 seconds of what I could assume would be how. A drum laser would work. Mike has a host of schematics at home from when he's brainstormed how to turn <laughs> musical instruments into laser blasters. It's just like a paranoid conspiracy theorist's wall where there's like pins stuck and strings leading to it. You see the you see the the open end of the piccolo is where the fusion generator goes. <laughs> Sonic underground. Sonic underground. Okay, so why 
They're dicking around with, like, it's a giant concert venue now, and they're dicking around with their instruments. How are they finding their mother? Like, they seem very carefree and like, hey, we're cool 90s characters, but the whole chorus is emphasizing that they made a vow that their mother would be found. Doesn't look like they're doing that. This this song is actually kind of kind of an exception that also kind of proves the rule of it's telling you the plot to the show, but it is doing it in a way that is not at all clear about what the show is about. Yeah, a poor <laughs> kid a, is going to have no idea what is happening. Like, they're doing just enough to tell you that something is going down, but also not really giving you a chance to figure out what that is. This is why this is why kids are having attention problems, okay? This thing is full of bright, shiny colors, guitar music, a crazy backstory line, so you're like, you get wrapped in the story, but they're like, I need a break from this. I need to I need to like see lasers shooting at like, guitar instruments and like uh all right, that's cool. Oh but what's happening in the mom? I gotta get back to that. And they're like, oh well, they're secret <laughs> princes. Also they're rock stars. Also they're freedom fighters. It's like oh, oh they're everything. Oh and then we're at a cool rock venue. Alright Sonic play the guitar. I'm into this like also, I discovered that uh, Jaleel White, who voiced Sonic in basically every version of the cartoons, you know, did I need that? Um, he also... <laughs> that's Steve Urkel. Wait, he didn't, he was that's, Steve Urkel. that's Jaleel White. Oh my God, Steve Steve Urkel, Urkel is Sonic. Sonic. You didn't know that? Oh wow. my God, my mind's being blown all over this wow. place. <laughs> so yeah, Urkel has been, was Sonic throughout all the cartoons, and Sonic's sister in this cartoon is also voiced by Jaleel White. It's a man of a thousand voices. <laughs> I'm fast. Yeah. <laughs> chili dogs. Dude, I love chili dogs now, man. Are you kidding? <laughs> that that was what did it? Yeah. yeah. I long for my children, but I have to wait. To act too soon could seal their fate. They made a vow. Their mother will be found. Sonic Underground. This, this, look, here's my, here's my word on this. This is unnecessarily extreme. <laughs> That's what Sonic is all about, though, Steve. <laughs> Unnecessary extremeness. Uh, this was not a well-regarded Sonic show, by the what? way. What? <laughs> like everything else that happened with Sonic, like after like two thousand. Yeah, like, poor <laughs> Sonic. Well, I mean, Sonic being being his his horrible bloated corpse being trudged through the streets like a like a Roman triumph by Nintendo. No, <laughs> so uh, you've got you've got on either side of the. Of the uh, of the shield that Sonic's body is laid yeah. upon, you've got Mario and Luigi and Link and Kirby, and they're like on either side, like holding him down the street, walking down Paul the street, Baron. while all these all of these like people people in like Roman garb, they're throwing apples yeah. and rotten fruits at the body, the horrible bloated dead body of Sonic. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, that was just a little bit of Saturday morning nostalgia for you. Um, I call it the cartoon cavalcade. Oh, cartoon cavalcade. Excuse me. Well, we have to work on our branding. That better it. not. If that's not the episode title, I'm coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> but guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice if you have not already. Leave us a review if you like what we're doing. Uh, we also have a Facebook page where you can follow us there. We have Twitter and we have Instagram. We are all over uh, the social media, so oh, please follow yeah. us there. Got the Insta, no and, doubt. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the contribution. Uh, <laughs> and you can don't uh, dinsta the finsta minsta instagan about him. And then like foam trickles out of my mouth, <laughs> and I fall to the floor and seize. And you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Nick Brigadier, uh, MrMikeRussell.com. Oh, yeah, that is my website. 
please and also and your name now. well yeah it's my name mr mike russell.com yeah <laughs> uh that's mr mr uh also what well, we have uh the sound report at gmail.com please send us your uh what review stuff and also uh, your favorite 90s theme songs and or weird dark interpretations of things that went for kids and stuff like <laughs> and steve find, figure <laughs> out find find something truly horrible and then like that was done as a as some other medium in some other medium a movie or a song what have you and then turn it into a kid show for uh, us yes, yes that's exactly what i was trying to say and then we will talk about that on the air at some point <laughs> uh, uh mr trollinger yes uh you can find me on twitter at your man trollo uh please 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 Please, if you haven't already, follow me on there. My entire sense of self-worth is now tied to the amount of people that uh, I don't know that know me in some way, because that's the horrible future we live in now. Yay! Uh, yay! <laughs> uh, you can uh, eventually find me on my website as well, stephentralder.com. Uh, you can go there now, but it'll just give you a page on a construction uh, uh, thing. And uh, oh. you can find me... Uh, on the stage yes. uh, in a production uh, called uh, In Love with the Arrow Collar Man is currently going to be up uh, starting on Wednesday. Steve, could you please 80. give us the plot of it, but do it as if you were writing the lyrics to Beetleborgs? Like, Beetleborg style, tell me the plot of what In Love with the Arrow yes. Collar Man is about. Yes. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it would cheapen both the, uh, the, uh, the, the work that I am in. Also... I have to leave in like three seconds, and I am not good at improvising songs. Norman Rockwell was a painter. <laughs> I'm not the focus of the show, Nick. No, but uh, uh, you are fast to get cast. The Steve guy right here. Nice. But, uh, but before you go, two homosexual artists. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> get together in the twenties. Where can people find tickets for In Love uh, with the They Man? can. Um, they can do a Google search for uh, uh, In Love with the Arrow Collar Man. That'll be the first thing that pops up. Um, if you go to uh, my Facebook page, you'll also find links on there. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's a once it's a Wednesday through Saturday the next two weeks, and then the last two days, uh, first two days of December, the first and the second. Uh, and yeah, go online, grab tickets, and uh, I'd be happy to uh, have you there watching it and paying money to see it. Yes. Huzzah, capitalism! <laughs> uh, no, I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. Because what happened to the troll, Mike Russell? The troll got a roll! <laughs> it never gets young? <laughs> it gets old. It's already old, but it never gets young. I feel like it's a like... Benjamin Button situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I am Nick Brigadier. I am Mike Russell. And I am Beetle Borg. Beetle Borgs! Beetle Borgs. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>